Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. everybody welcome back to the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok joined by a special guest today you know popular in the the pff stuff going on with the jets i figured why not have uh benjamin brown of uh of pff betting and data analyst and you know and data and all that stuff with pff ben how are we doing today we're, we're doing well yeah like you said i think i'm uh probably the biggest promoter of uh jets propaganda right now so i'm definitely glad to ha- that you had me on the space because it's it's been good so far for us i, I know say. it's been uh it's been a fun week obviously uh you know we're recording this wednesday jets have denver upcoming we'll get into that in a little bit and kind of what the you know the future looks like for this team we'll start with some of kind of what's happened over the last um you know five six weeks here obviously anyone that listens to my show understands that i've been kind of I've been a little bit more bullish on how this team is going to do. I didn't think they'd be a 10 or 11 win team, but I thought eight or nine wins was very realistic if they could start four and five. Well, the Jets are four and two. They have probably two winnable games here. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on the Buffalo game. Anything can happen in the NFL, but I would say that's probably the most difficult or second most difficult game in the schedule. But Jets going to Lambeau, obviously, take care of business in a dominating fashion. I actually think Watching the game, I think the flat scoreline is a little flattering to the Packers. And when I watched it back, I was like, the Jets probably should have won this game by by 30, literally, which is crazy to say when Zach Wilson has 18 pass attempts. But big picture of the last seven weeks or six weeks, what's your kind of takeaway, takeaways, I guess, big takeaways from the Jets and, you know, kind of the NXD kind of fun nature around the team right now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that you, you definitely have to always start with the quarterback position. Obviously, there was questions about Zach Wilson's ability in his rookie season. And I think he's kind of, you know, taken hold of the offense in his first three games back. And I think a big part of that has been his performance from a clean pocket. We have him uh, basically with the fifth best PFF passing grade so far this season from a clean pocket. And, it, and it's where he's excelled, right? He's not necessarily, I would say, kind of trying to force the issue or feel like he necessarily has to score every single play, kind of taking what the defense is giving him, throwing a lot of, you know, just positive type plays. And I think that's been probably the biggest change to his game specifically that I've seen from, you know, last year to this year. And I think that, you know, overall with 
the entire, I would say, you know, tide of the ship rising with so many, you know, fresh new playmakers at key positions that it, it, it's it's definitely helped overall uh, the offense. And I think that, you know, when they do get ahead, they have the defensive, you know, pieces in place to kind of keep that lead. They have the running back as well that can kind of salt away victories. So I do think that, you know, the, the hype is very real around the New York Jets right now. And I think that they can, you know, very much make some noise, I would say, in the AFC playoff race. Yeah, it's interesting. You look at... <clears throat> you could kind of poke holes and and I've mentioned this, you kind of poke slight holes in some of the wins that they had. If you wanted to be, you know, same old jets. Oh, this is just a flash in the pan. I don't really care if the Packers are the Packers of two or three years ago, Aaron Rodgers hasn't lost in Lambeau in two or three years. And the game they did lose, he didn't even play. So like, there's a lot there, Uh, but to go in and be in, win such a dominating fashion, obviously, you know, it's kind of a big topic. I know, you know, Sam and, uh, Sam came out and said the grade was wrong with Quentin Williams, but a guy like Quentin Williams will start with, then we'll get to sauce. How impressed have you been with him? Because, you know, his, his PFF grades throughout the years, and even any Jets fan watching would probably say there's been some really nice flashes. He's a good player, not really in that great tier yet. And he's kind of, you know, you see it sometimes, you don't see it consistently. Now we're seeing it every week. I think he's got an 89, seven, you know, PFF grades. You know, I think the eight, whatever he's a top tier player right now, playing at an all pro Pro Bowl level. What have your impressions of him been so far in uh, in year four? What trying to get himself paid? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we, we kind of always expected him to be really dominant and stop in the run, right? And we are still getting that. The thing that's really impressed me impressed me is kind of that interior pass rush and how successful he's actually been. I think he's like ninth among, you know, interior defensive linemen in uh, pass rush grade, basically. I think he's sixth best in that pressure rate. And that interior pressure is just so much more valuable from a, you know, stopping the offense type perspective than it is coming around the edge. So that I think has kind of been the catalyst for what the de- rest of the defense is doing, right? We have, um, you know, overall uh, from a pass pass rush grade, they're the fifth best unit in the NFL. And I think the key for them is they don't have to do it uh, blitzing at all, right? I think that the second lowest blitz rate, a big part of that, I think is, you know, the, the success early on of Quinn and Williams, especially if he's getting double teamed, you know, on some of those pass rush situations, they don't really have to send somebody else. And that allows, you know, them to drop another guy in coverage uh, and, and kind of help some of the young cornerbacks that they have and I think you know overall the the expectation I think when they were brought in Robert Sala was you know at some point they were going to have you know a top tier defensive unit based on you know his his kind of MO the the path that he kind of took to come up and be a head coach and I think we're seeing that play out you know before our very eyes and I would say it's kind of you know arriving maybe a little bit ahead of expect expectation but it's very much real right now and it's very much different I would say than you know the I think the comparison right now that's so popular is like both the New York Giants and the New York Jets and how they're both, you know, winning really successfully. But I think the Jets are very much doing it in much more sustainable ways that I think speaks not only to, you know, the future success of the franchise along along further out than, 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 than just 2022, but also that with how well that they can perform in this year. And I think that, you know, that's kind of been uh, the key for me as far as an excitement level with the Jets this year. Yeah. You mentioned something, you know, and that right now it's, whether it's the argument between the kind of gambling markets versus which I don't really want to get into just from, uh, from my other job, I don't want to uh, whatever, but um, between the gambling markets and kind of the, you know, regular season W's and, you know, kind of, and all that different type of stuff, like all that does make sense. I get it. Um, Look in the NFL, you got to win football games. The end of the day, right now, the league, there's so much parody. I think, you know, everyone likes to call it very mediocre. There's a lot of mediocre teams. I would say, there's so much talent around the league. So we've seen some bad football, but at the same time, I do think everyone's kind of got like 
there's just so many, so much more out there between you know, analytics, data. There's no more talent evaluators than ever. There's all these different stuff. There's more films. So everyone kind of has access. It can't just be, um, other than a couple of dominant teams, everyone's kind of in the race. And so are the jets. So, um, sauce Gardner obviously was a player that PFF loved going into the draft. I loved, I think most people loved how impressive you've been six weeks in, like he's playing like a top 10 corner in football, which it's probably the hardest position to translate, you know, into the NFL, obviously quarterback and stuff. But even in today's game with all the rules, like cornerbacks impossible. And just like Patrick Sertan a year ago, we're seeing a guy who's coming in and dominating from day one. Um, how impressive have you been with sauce? Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been really impressive. I would say. So we have uh, this, this metric called PFF war. Where we try to kind of distill down, what value each player has provided and it's kind of supposed to be this position agnostic thing quarterbacks are you know very much buoyed up in that situation but you know outside of quarterbacks from this rookie class sauce Gardner has put up the most war uh, of anybody in that particular metric across you know every position group outside of quarterbacks so he's been really impressive and I also think the 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 thing that I think you know is kind of lost a little bit is that you know it, it is very difficult for a rookie quarterback to come in and have any sort of impact the fact that he's doing it especially in this you know Robert Sala scheme that is you know really hot really heavy cover one type play as opposed to being you know a zone or cover three type situation which they do play at a league average rate but I think his you know man skills especially have been very very good very very quickly and I think that speaks to not only where he currently stands in the NFL as like a top 10 cornerback but you know his potential ceiling as being like the the you know prototypical shutdown cornerback that we see in a couple of years and I think that that you know through the first six weeks of the season he very much has that upside I would say yes we'll see it continue I think no one really talks about DJ Reed enough and he's been a really good player in the NFL I think you know guys that are zone corners traditionally that are that are undersized don't get as much love but the stability he has where people aren't going to target him because he's a proven commodity in the NFL at this point and they're going after sauce who's then stepping up to the plate and you mentioned the defensive line the Jets haven't blitzed since week three I think they have the uh they're only blitzing nine percent of the time and yeah they still have a top five or six top you know pressure rate which is really impressive and it's not like they're going not all these you know games are against teams that are bad like all you know Green Bay Pittsburgh and Miami are all right. teams that we you know either expected to be good or usually usually are good um I kind of wanted to get into one player that look I know running back is very highly uh, controversial position, who's actually valuable, who's not, how much of an impact do they have? I think take, even if you don't look at, you know, even if you don't deep dive into positional value, Brees Hall's impact on this team, Michael Carter as well, but Brees Hall's impact has been, has been awesome to see. I think you see it in the past game, you see it in the run game, the culture, honestly, he brings the swagger, like these things do matter. I think, especially when you're a team like the Jets, who are kind of striving for those top tier players. Do you still, do you look back and go, they still probably, you know, maybe they went in the wrong direction, at, you know, at six. I know it's only six weeks in, uh, but in the second round, whereas obviously this, you know, draft board, you know, traditionalist draft board versus the positional value, the analytics stuff. Um, where do you kind of stand with like a guy like Brees Hall this, you know, through six, only six games, but obviously he's been impressive so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very much like a, a luxury type pick is what people would kind of classify it as. And I think, you know, the, the, the specific issue that people had with it was, well, the Jets, the, the Jets really shouldn't be making luxury picks when there's just so many other unknowns at so many key positions. But we've kind of seen, you know, through the first six weeks of the season, once again, that, you know, a lot of those positions do have 
you know, young talent already in the fold. So I, I don't hate it because I do think there is, you know, obviously quite a bit of knock on the run game. I think Brees Hall has been, you know, really dynamic as a pass catcher as well. You know, the week five game against the Dolphins, he had, you know, the huge play after the catch. Um, so I think, you know, from that perspective, like, there's it's easy to hate on it but I don't think it's as bad as what a lot of people have said is basically you know the, the approach that I can take and I do think that any anything that can generate explosive plays is so much it, it is so much more beneficial than what I think we even currently understand and whether that comes through a pass or through a run with a really dynamic runner like Brees Hall I, I think that valuing and understanding those types of plays better and how you know easy how much easier it makes you know not only to score uh, but actually win football games I think that if you find a guy like Brees Hall that you like that is both dynamic and you know as a rusher and a path and a receiver that you know it may have been a reach but uh, if the rest of your team is kind of rounded in the form he can definitely be that piece that maybe gets you over the top I would say yeah I think look it the Jets probably and actually I can tell you for a fact the Jets internally I think we're much higher on this roster than a lot of people from the outside just because there's so much unproven talent in terms of year one year two even year three or four guys that are still developing second year in the scheme and then a lot of free agents that um, you know Sheldon Rankins was coming off an injury and all of a sudden looks like Sheldon Rankins of 2018 where he's a pro bowler or uh, more importantly Carl Lawson looks like the best version we've seen of Carl Lawson, probably CJ Mosley is playing much more to the guy that came over to the Jets as opposed to last year, where <clears throat> I think CJ Mosley was okay, if not good last year, but he went in patches where he'd like look really good and then kind of struggle throughout games and have, you know, obviously PFF was not the, the biggest fan of a lot of what CJ Mosley did last year, but now he's playing much more like the player. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought. So I'm on the same page as you with the Brees Hall pick. Look, I don't think anyone can argue that like, at the time, you're like, oh, that's cool. They judge drafted a running back, but they still have these holes. Maybe it's safety or linebacker. Right. But then, you know, Lamarcus Joyner starting to play much more like Lamarcus Joyner. Obviously, the first few weeks struggled, or Quan Alexander, Quincy Williams are playing better. So they don't, they now they don't like now Brees Hall is more valuable for them. Um, I kind of want to get into the Denver game. So obviously, Denver struggled. I don't think anyone can, anyone can debate that. I think the coaching's been a big issue, especially in the offensive side of the football. I think Russell Wilson's been an issue. I think the offensive line, what's going on in Denver and like, what are the Jets' chances going into a place they've struggled historically, but the Jets are forward to riding a hot, you know, hot hand and the Broncos seem like they're going the total opposite direction. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just from, uh, you know, looking at how we're kind of, you know, approaching this game, like the Jets have kind of every, you know, statistical advantage, at least as far as how well they played. Denver Broncos maybe had one or two flashes of the, you know, a semblance of offensive production in that Monday night game. But outside of that, it's kind of been, you know, a, a pretty much a complete disaster through the first six weeks of the season, their injury situation as well, I think is, was maybe, you know, overshadowed a little bit their performance on Monday night, but it's still, you know, a really poor situation. I think losing Randy Gregory, I thought would have even more of an impact than it did. I do think part of that is, you know, Baron Browning playing so well, but, you know, if, if he's actually going to be able to deliver that week in and week out, uh, I think that's still a pretty unanswered question of Russell Wilson, you know, as well dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, this is, you know, a, a game where, you know, in the, in the off season, it was definitely, you know, circled as a probable loss, I would say from, you know, the Jets perspective, but this is very much, you know, a game where 
they should be expected to win even on their own. And I do think that if they kind of show that, that's when you're really going to see, I would say, kind of some of the hype start building. I think they very much have, uh, you, you know, the players in place to do it. I think Denver's kind of weak right now. So I think with the, you know, it might not even need to be like a legitimate top end performance for them to win this football game. I think even like a median performance from them uh, would, would suffice. So I think, you know, this is very much, you know, a spot where uh, we kind of find out if the jets are for real in the AFC playoff picture, I would say. Yeah. You look at it. I think it'll be a very similar game. I'm not saying the jets are going to win by 20 or 30 points, but I think the formula to win against Denver is going to be very similar to what you did against green Bay. Um, I think Jack, like we'll get to Zach Wilson quickly in a second. I know you mentioned a little bit, but, I don't think this is the game. I think the Broncos are number one EPA per play from a pass defense perspective. They're middle of the pack, if not on the lower tier. From a run defense perspective, the Jets have run the football well. Russell Wilson doesn't throw the ball well over the middle of the field, doesn't sense pressure, and doesn't run anymore. Right. And all those things, you know, the Jets are going to get pressure with four. They trust their corners, and the Jets are going to bring a lot of pressure. So, um, and the one place I think you can expose the Jets a little bit is in the middle of the field throwing the football. And we saw last week, we're going to see pretty much the same offense the Packers just ran. It's kind of the same defense where the Packers have really good corners, even though they had struggled to this point. I think this is a week where you see Zach Wilson throw the ball 20 times and you see the Jets run the football 30 or 35 times. They're on the road. There'll be times down in the future when the Jets play Detroit and Houston, I mean, in Jacksonville and all these different teams where maybe it's a Zach Wilson throws 35 times. But right now, like, they don't need to do that. And I don't think if you're, you know, I know it's annoying because it's like you want to see the young quarterback be the reason you win every week. But sometimes this team also needs to learn how to win. And Zach Wilson getting to develop and the pressure taken off him might not be the worst thing either. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Zach, you know, really good from a clean pocket when he's kept clean, specifically, not even like, not just like not hit, but when he's just with all that stuff, like he's really good in every metric EPA, your PFF throwing grades, his numbers, everything is awesome. When he's pressured, it's it's really ugly. Right. Um, can you kind of just talk a little bit about, for people who don't really understand, like what's translatable over time? Obviously, the common belief is like your clean pocket numbers are always going to be there. If you're a good quarterback, you'll always be good when it's clean. And then when you're not so good, it's usually where that number, when you're pressured, varies. Like a Sam Donald or people like that, where one game they look great and then the next game it's three interceptions. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that of like, give Jets fans maybe a little hope of, okay, he's doing good in a clean pocket. The under pressure stuff will come and maybe he'll improve. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we try and we have, a, you know, of course, like a ton of different metrics at PFF. And what we've done is basically tried to back test them and say, you know, if a guy's really good in this particular category, you know, throwing from a clean pocket, uh, PFF grade from a clean pocket, how stable is that going forward? Like, is he always going to be this good, in future weeks as well. And, and from a clean pocket grade perspective, it is by far our most stable stat. It's the, you know, kind of like the core basis that we use, you know, for, for trying to predict out how well a quarterback is going to do both at, you know, the collegiate level and then, you know, future seasons at the NFL level as well. And Zach Wilson, like, like you said, like I said, very good at that this year. He's in, you know, the 81st percentile, I would say from a clean pocket grade so far uh, in 2022 among qualifying quarterbacks. So that is kind of like the key thing to look at is, that if he can be good in those situations uh he can be a very good quarterback and with an already really good team he maybe doesn't necessarily have to put up you know the top five uh you know quarterback passing grade every single week in order for the Jets to win football games so that's kind of where he's at and that I think you know on the other side of it the under pressure grade is basically the most unstable I think you know uh, any given week 
you can see a guy make some throws that, you know, there's maybe like an outlier that could patch Mahomes who just handles pressure so much better than any other quarterback that maybe his specific metrics are stable from, but from like a league wide basis, it's been, you know, one of the hardest things to nail down for individual quarterbacks. And that's the spot where, you know, Zach Wilson has struggled. So even if he gets, um, I would say a little bit of positive regression, that's where, um, you know, that's only going to boost his overall grade, I would say as well. So those are the two metrics we look at. I think, you know, a couple other ones that he's doing, I would say, you know, at least league average in his, you know, standard drop back grade, uh, basically middle of the pack with that. That is also a very stable metric, uh, one that we found, you know, a lot of success with predicting uh, future performance from quarterbacks. And then another one is first and second down grade and how well he's actually kind of been, uh, you know, when he's not kind of stacked up behind the chains. And he's also been uh, a league average quarterback in that metric as well. So I think, you know, those three things being our top, you know, stable grade metrics that we kind of use to evaluate these quarterbacks. He all sits at, you know, at the very least league average, if not better. And I think that's only going to speak to him, you know, continuing to develop. And if he gets some regression in some of those other categories, uh, he, he's very much on his way, I would say, to kind of, you know, realizing his potential as the second overall pick last year. Yeah, look, I think with Zach, it's going to be, he's starting to do the little things much better. He takes care of the football. I know he had a couple of throws on Sunday that probably should have eaten. Um, but at the end of the day, he's, I think, seven of the last eight starts, doesn't have an interception. He had the two against Pittsburgh. One was a bad throw. It was also a terrible route. The other one, not a great throw, and it just goes through the guy's hands. So he's taking care of the football better. We're seeing a lot less big-time throws, I feel like, from Zach, generally speaking, yeah. but we're also seeing him not turn the ball over. So right now, I think it was like, let's scale this back all the way to zero, start back over, and then, like, let your natural talent take over. I said this on Tuesday or Monday show. I, the only thing from Zach that I – two things that I want to see improve that I still feel like he's struggling at are, one, when the play is not there and you're scrambling out of the pocket, just throw it away on the right. sideline. Just, like, throw – dirt the ball 50 yards out of bounds. It doesn't matter. Because, like, kind of throwing it away but kind of not is where you get yourself in trouble. And then, two, just continuing to develop that pocket awareness of, you know, he kind of – he basically spun himself into a sack against Sean Gary on Sunday where – Again, I'm not trying to crush him. I think, he, again, he's gotten better at a lot of stuff. Like the little things, he's starting to get much better. Again, clean pocket, RPOs, throws over the middle of the field. He's probably, he's like the 99th percentile right now. It's stuff to the sideline, which he wasn't good at, which he was great at in college, actually, which is which weird. But, um, yeah, I just want to see him continue to just do some of the more of the little things, and then those big plays will come because the Jets are going to play other – like right now, they're going to play other defenses that aren't very good and terrible against the pass, and they're going to be able to eat them alive a little bit right. where – Denver, again, Green Bay was giving up a lot of completions, but um, they were fired up on Sunday. The legs just kind of went. Last two things here I wanted to kind of ask you about. One, where do you – I know you kind of mentioned it and you alluded to it, but where's kind of the Jets' ceiling this year? Is the Jets' ceiling um, eight, eight, nine wins? It's kind of hard to tell until we see them the next two or three weeks, obviously. Um, but if the Jets are five and two, six and two, which is very plausible, to be honest with you, I think on paper, they're probably right now they're better than Denver. And then I think on paper, if you took off the logos, they're better than uh, New England. They're not better than Buffalo. But if they're six and three going into the bye, what's the ceiling? Is it eight, nine wins still? Is it this team could win a playoff game? Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because they are a young team and they will regress a little bit probably here. But I also don't feel like they've played all that amazing yet where they haven't gotten this huge Zach Wilson game or this they've got the one huge Garrett Wilson game. But other right. than that, the young receivers and quarterback haven't really had their time yet. So what's the ceiling for this team? And 
not to be negative, but what's like necessarily the floor for you think for them of, you know, if it came crashing down, like where are we talking? Right, definitely. So we basically have them with the 16th most difficult schedule uh, through the remaining uh, games, basically. So basically right at league average, right? Uh, We have them, you know, with a mean projection of 8.7 wins. So I think, you know, the downside to that you know, maybe they finished with seven wins right now, but I very much think that is, you know, the floor expectation uh, for them in this particular season. I think that, you know, if they peel off one or two more victories, I do think this particular matchup against Denver, kind of like we said, is is going to be, you know, a, a, a pretty big indicator of how good they can actually be from an upside perspective. But yeah, I could easily, you know, I, I very much don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they win 10 games this year. We have them right now with a 42% chance of making the playoffs. If they beat Denver this week, they are very much going to be, you know, in the driver's seat, I would say, to be uh, a wild card team in the AFC. And then from there, you know, that's that's the one game setting. That's what you're trying to get to. And that's, you know, the spot where maybe a guy like Zach Wilson or Garrett Wilson goes out and actually kind of wins you that game, even if your defense maybe isn't capable of doing it. And I do think that, you know, the young talent that they have, they they don't really know what they don't know, but they also don't know what they're fully capable of. And I think that that, that that's what makes the Jets so intriguing is like there's not necessarily an undefined upside ceiling with this team, but uh, there's very much an element of the fact that they haven't probably put it completely together yet. And if they do, you know, they are, uh, I would say a very scary out uh, in a very stacked AFC conference, I would say. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, we'll wrap with this, but you know, part of the thing with the jets is they're kind of probably nationally a year ahead of schedule. I think to the fan base, like (laughs) they're never ahead of schedule because it's been so behind schedule, obviously, but um they've got a lot of there's a lot of high paid guys and there's a lot of high draft picks and when those guys click this is what happens like what we saw with Cincinnati last year I know that's going to be the comparison because uh you know young team top five skill player drafted and all of a sudden and all those different things I don't think there is much like Cincinnati where Cincinnati was like all skill guys and (laughs) it had and like it had nothing to do with it was like the quarterback and their receivers and Joe Mixon and stuff kind of carried them. CJ Uzama, I guess as well. Um, but this Jets team is kind of the opposite. It's like built with veterans and some young guys through the trenches and then all young guys at every other spot where it's like, this translates to if they win 10 games, right. And whatever next year you're going. And if Zach Wilson shows he's the quarterback or you're going, we're literally a quarterback away from being an 11, 12 win team and competing for right. the division. So um yeah, obviously a lot of exciting stuff <clears throat> with the Jets right now, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll next time we do this, hopefully we'll be talking closer to the playoffs and you know, the Jets will still be in the race. Maybe they'll uh, be the five seed. You never know. Um, but obviously again, make sure you guys are following Ben, um, Ben and his work over at PFF again, PFF underscore Ben Brown, uh, PFF mobile app, a lot of good stuff. Obviously everyone's pretty familiar with PFF. Um, there's a lot more than just the grades. There's a lot more there stats. There's a lot more stats in there that actually um, is some really good stuff. So make sure you're plugged into Ben stuff. Um, but appreciate you coming on and I'm glad we got to talk uh, talk a little Jets. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely appreciate you having me on. I mean, I would I would love to be sitting here in a couple of weeks uh, talking about, uh, you know, the playoff scenarios for the Jets coming up here. And I think we are <laughs> well on our way to that happening. So uh, it's definitely been a pleasure. Thanks, Will. Yeah, no, no problem. I appreciate it, man. And uh, look forward to talking soon, guys. We'll be back Saturday. Uh, ben Albright will be hopping on for another game preview. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later in the week.